Ah, summer. The best time of the year usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there was another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. At IKEA, everyone can have lounge chair access. No reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, they have all of the essentials that you need to soak up summer in style no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. I am all in. with Scott Patterson, an iHeartRadio podcast. Hello again. Good to see everybody. Hi. I am Scott Patterson, and this is the I Am All In podcast with iHeartRadio, Concert Interruptus. This is episode 13, Concert Interruptus, air date February 15th, 2001. Lorelai gives Rory, Paris, Madeline, and Louise tickets to a Bengals concert, but the evening doesn't go quite as planned. Oh my God, what an episode. Huh? Rummage sales and heartbreak and and uh, uh, hoodies with zippers with uh, spangles and emeralds all over them that evoked El McPherson memories and the bangles and and bad guys that were into girls they didn't know whose age they were and that's Brandon Routh there he was Superman as a as a baby as as a little bit part in a in in one of the episodes of the iconic series. Who knew? Could anybody have predicted that Brandon Ralph, trying to lead uh, Madeline and Louise astray in a New York City apartment with maybe a spiked drink or maybe about yeah. to spike a drink, would become Superman? Hmm? Yep. In Hollywood, strange. Wow, strange. I know. Strange. I mean, that's what's kind of fascinating. And as we go through the episodes, so many people guest starred on this show. So many. John Hamm. I know. Don't spoil it. Don't spoil it. I know he's coming. I can't wait. Well, no, I knew that. Well, no, I know you know, but oh, I, I mean, I guess Danielle doesn't know. Danielle yeah. doesn't know. Oh, you didn't know. I don't know. Are you are you like living for the ham bone? You living for John? <laughs> I, I do Hamm. love John Ham. I do enjoy <laughs> me some John Ham. He's pretty great. You know what they say? That's what they say about John Ham. <laughs> what? Guys, Google. John Ham eggplant and see what happens. 
For the love of God, nobody Google that. Please. For the love of everybody God. Everybody do it. Everybody <laughs> listening. Oh, my goodness. It. But back to Brandon Routh. The, the, uh, Brandon Routh, yes. The, the, the one and only. And, you know, for me, it started out slow, but it really picked up momentum. It really just caught on fire, didn't it? Um, yeah. I thought the, uh, the Tristan move was a little ham-handed. Mm. Uh, probably he was intentionally, obviously he was intentionally doing it. Um, I didn't think he was being particularly smooth. He was so obviously being, you know, manipulative and mm -hmm. it just wasn't, uh, it was just so clumsy of him to, to, to hit on Paris that way with his back turned to Rory. I mean, it was just, I don't know. Yeah, that's an interesting whole thing going on there. But there's another Paris thing that just stands out to me in this episode the most. Mm. Do you guys have a, mo I mean, there's something that really stands out to me about this episode that I think. Well, she said it was the major. best night of her life. Yeah. She's never had a better time. She kept looking at Rory with these, these puppy dog eyes. And, you know, it, it really, it was her opportunity to show her vulnerability and how screwed up her family life is. And she just completely yeah. out of control of it. And she wishes she had a friend like this and she wishes she had a mother yep. like this. And it's just all this she envy. She didn't and, go. Yeah. She didn't go with the other girls. Yeah. She stayed with Rory. And that right. to me was huge. Yeah. She stayed with the bangles. Yeah. <laughs> but she did the right thing. And she essentially picked Rory over the other girls. Mm -hmm. Now, whether it was for the right thing or because she was having a great time because she wanted the concert. It doesn't really matter. She, she almost just stood up to the other girls and said, I'm not going with you. Well, she's not, you know, she's not a trollop, right? Mm -hmm. she's, she's got Tristan. She's hopeful. She knows she's not going to get it. You know, she's not into those, like the dumb hot guys, right? She doesn't <laughs> care. And, and Madeline and Louise are just like, it's party time USA at the rock concert. Let's go. We'll come back. You know, we'll meet some hot guys. That's not Paris. <laughs> sure to say deep down she was respectful of rory that rory invited yeah. her to this concert and it was the right thing to do to yep. stay and and follow the rules that lorelei had put in place it's a little bit of a role reversal isn't it it's trying to get on rory's good side trying to get on lorelei's good side as well mm -hmm. you know wishing she she suddenly wanted to be part of that family she wanted a sister she, she needs a sister rory's going to be her sister with lorelei acting more and more like emily gilmore because that whole scene when she barged into the party and says, out of the way, Skippy, you know, <laughs> come yeah. with me now. And your parents and I are going to talk and talk and talk and talk. And we're going to say mm -hmm. so much to each other. We could be talking all night. Um, that's Emily. Because Lorelai's a good mom. Yeah. Don't just, you think that Lorelai is a good mother? I think she's a great mother. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she's, she's. Yeah, she's winning me over each episode. I'm, I'm, mm -hmm. you know, I know I was very critical of her with the Max Medina thing, and I think I should have been. And, but I don't know what it's like to be in that situation, that young, having a child. I mean, I can't imagine having a child if I was 16 years old and I was a single dad, and you know, I was 32, and you know, I didn't really. You know, and I live for my kid, and I was being a great dad, and the whole thing. But that whole there's a whole side of my my life that is not present, which is you know the the romantic side, and I had nobody else to lean on other than my 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 son. And I saw some very attractive teacher who was very interested in me <laughs> and was being very aggressive with me. I mean, how you know I I I don't know if I would have uh, managed to fend that off either. You know, I think all reason goes out the window, uh, window and uh, extraordinary circumstances. That's probably one of them. So I'm going to go back in time and give him a free pass. Maybe a couple she of She pulls off being the cool mom, yeah. meaning she's got the tickets to the Bengals. Yeah. She gives up her awesome seat so Rory can take all the girls. Like, she's the cool mom, but she's also, she's not the weird mom. She's still strict enough that mm -hmm. she's the mom. Mm -hmm. There's balance there. There's good balance yeah. there. And she did do it. That was a great move for her to do. Made me just fall in love with her more. You know, what a great <laughs> move to do for your kid. Cause that's, that's what I do for my son. You know, I do the exact same thing. Uh, it's just mm -hmm. about, you know, sacrifice, pushing them forward, getting them go over there, talk to those boys, you know, mm -hmm. 
this, this get involved in that. Be be more social. Be more friends. Have more friends. That kind of thing. So right, and she's sitting up there at the top of Mount Everest yeah. when she and Suki were dying to go to the concert. Right. But she gives it up for Rory. Yeah. And she managed to sit next to, and here's a nice little trivia, uh, piece of trivia that very few people will know. You ready for this? You ready for this? I'm going to announce it right here, right now. One of the main writers, John Stevens from Gilmore Girls, who was Mr. Writer Room himself, Writer's Room himself, was sitting next to Lorelai. And he had a couple of lines. That was him. Yes, that was no John way. Stevens, and I think he even uh, was an associate producer at some point. Um, very, very, very talented writer, and that was John. I, I did do some research to figure out where they filmed the concert, which was on the Warner Brothers lot yeah. in the theater. Yeah, they have a they have a whole theater there. Yeah, so, um, but yeah, I thought the bangles sounded great. Susanna Hoffs, great songwriter, great singer. You know, nice and easy, uh, really groovy, but. Yeah, that episode really got really got going. It was it was it was really cooking there, and uh, you know, I I really en- did enjoy the I did enjoy the Luke stuff. I, I you know the Rachel stuff where the the Elle McPherson mm-hmm. girl that dumped me and broke my heart. I, I, so I thought, major. I thought back to New York City when I lived in New York and I was studying uh, acting and doing theater and all that stuff, and you know, going out at night and meeting models and things like that you know just, it was you know so i knew what i was drawing from in those moments I, I when i saw that scene i thought oh yeah i've been that guy i i yeah that's that's from experience well, and it was such a major revelation to the audience yeah. and to lorelei yeah. like wow and yeah. how you went so just like bleep crazy mm-hmm. over the sweatshirt Ooh. Yeah, that was the that was, that was the big relationship that that really rocked my world, that I will never recover from. Yeah, and it helps us with that timeline clarity because that was happening. The right. town knew, but Lorelai wasn't totally privy to all of it. Right. Fun episode. I enjoyed watching it. It it really was fun, and it was fun watching uh, Paris melt and reveal a more vulnerable side. It was fun watching Lorelai really be in command of, you know, her, her mom engine was firing on all cylinders. It was, it was great to watch. It really was. Yeah. Like when Rory says to the girls, when they think it's so cool that Lorelai's so young and Rory says, she's my best friend. Mm-hmm. And I almost think they're jealous mm-hmm. or, or maybe not almost think, I think they are jealous. Well, they, yeah, they can't even imagine it. They can't possibly imagine it. You remember when, I mean, whose mother was it? It was Paris's mother that visitor that was at Chilton, mm. and and it was just you could just sense the distance, uh, you know, the generational difference between those two. I mean, they're just. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was like trying to get this very sensitive, insecure, very bright uh, girl to you know to behave like someone in her generation, which is probably the same. You know, it's the same thing that that Emily did to Lorelai. So, there, you know, there's some similarities all the way around here between Rory and, I mean, I'm sorry, between Paris and Lorelai and Lorelai and her own mother. And I mean, it's really intertwined, that behavior. Did anyone pick up on um, the scene where they were talking about how they're 16 years old and that was the age that Lorelai had mm. Rory? And they're all like, we're 16 years old. Well, it just drives home the point deeper how extraordinary the situation is and how young they are yeah to have a child and it really makes us flash back to that time you know it it puts us right there when when rory was born and lorelei was one of those chilton kids or you know that age yeah Yeah. my god i mean imagine madeline having a baby imagine any of them having imagine rory having a baby i mean rory would probably be a good mother too she'd figure it out you know, it makes you admire Lorelai yeah, because you're like, wow, she really, yeah. and she made her own money and she's raised this amazing kid and she's got this incredible group of friends right. and you realize like, wow, this could have gone another way. Right. And she's, she's ha- she had to be, and she probably already did. She inherited from her mother and her father as a, a backbone made of, of iron. So that's inherited. Um, and I think all the talky, talky, talk, da, 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 is just 
the mass consumption of coffee because she's got a million things she's got to accomplish. She's, you know, she's got to get her kid off to school. She's got to wake up early. She's got to do her job. She's got to do this. She's got to do that. I mean, she's busy. She's busy 24-7 now thinking ahead, planning ahead, you know, days, weeks, months, years. I mean, it's exhausting. It's absolutely exhausting. So how do you think Lorelai felt finding out about Rachel? Because we know, I'd love to learn more from you what Luke felt. But what do you think Lorelai felt? Well, Lorelai feels, you know, that now she's, She's sort of considering, I think Lorelai is kind of on the fence. I think she feels a certain way about Luke, and that's undeniable, right? There's an attraction there, but is she going to act on it? And I think that's really the debate that's going on within her. Is this, you know, whereas she should have been having this debate with herself, with Max Medina, she's having this debate with, with Luke because they are such friends and they've known each other a long time. And she goes there three times a day, sometimes, Um usually once, at least once a day. So it's a, you know, it's a real practical question, right? How she's going to, is she going to alter her, her schedule? She's going to alter her daily life. If that blows up, she won't be able to go to Luke's anymore. And it's like, so she's having that debate, but learning that he was with, you know, the, the, the Uber Fox uh, girlfriend that was the road, the road went to Pamplona, Spain and ran with the bulls or whatever she did wildlife photographer and like jumped into volcanoes and did all right road bulls. Right. <laughs> like, you know, dove into a hundred foot cliffs into tiny little bodies of water, you know, just a wild, wild woman. Um, uh, and I think Lorelai, yeah, she, and I think Suki nailed her. She was jealous or yeah. she was measuring herself against this and, you know, maybe that's why Luke doesn't make a move on me because I'm not pretty enough and I'm not wild enough and, you know, that kind of thing. I think, okay, yeah. you just made such a good point because yeah. when they describe her as Elle McPherson, right. that's like, excuse me? Do you know what I mean? Like, huh? And you definitely think like, I can't compete with Elle McPherson. And no, nobody can. That was like, whoa. Let me tell you something. I've met these people. I've, I've been at parties with these people. You know, I've met several of these, these supermodels, and they are staggeringly. I mean, it's like you can't, you're dumbfounded. You can't believe what you're seeing. Yeah. Um, it's, they're so tall and so thin, and, and it's just like, what is going on over there? Yeah. When I, I saw Jennifer Lopez in person for the first time, they I was did. like, whoa like it was weird like it was like <laughs> that's not normal right it was almost like what was the woe factor her face it was almost like she had like a light shining on her it right. was really weird like you kind of do go like oh wow there is something about a movie star mm -hmm. because it was like oh my god wow like what's that right. she glows yeah glows. Yeah, it's, it's kind of the right and it was like like angels were singing when she sort of walked through and it was just like, what? I met, I met a 22 year old Cindy Crawford one night in New York city on yeah. 12th street outside of Peggy Seuss with a, a group of girls. And I was with my guy friends and they came up, Hey, what's up? And we all kind of knew each other, but she, I, yeah. nobody knew her. And, uh, you know, we just stood there like a ga Gaga, just like what? Yeah. <laughs> and we were aware of who she was. Um, and she had just become a huge star, but my God. Yeah, they're different. So Lorelai was- Yeah, there are certain people where it's just like- Yeah. They take the air out of the room. They they're do. like, whoa. Yeah, they do. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, and and yeah, I guess Rachel was that. You know, mm -hmm. she, she was that. Which is and just like, can you imagine being Lorelai going, what? Like, right. you're telling me this girl was a supermodel? Well, it definitely, Luke? you know, it really, it really kind of um, solidified uh, Luke's bona fides, I would say, as a, <laughs> as a man. Yeah, it, gave, it gave you a lot of cred. It did, right? <laughs> it kind of did. <laughs> She's like, you know, now Lorelai's sitting back thinking, man, Luke's cooking with gas. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Actually, that's so accurate. It took your stock up. It did. 
even though it probably terrified her. And she's like, how do I compete with that? At the same time, she's like, wait a minute. Yeah, no, let's get, let's maybe get in the fight here. Let's, let's get, get some attention. <laughs> yeah. oh, well, that is so true. This guy might have something going on behind the curtain. You know, what's happening there? So, <laughs> and the, the fact is, and another thing that really solidifies his bona fides is he wouldn't move out of Stars Hollow for L. McPherson. It's like he's still the grounded guy and simple guy, practical guy, you know, doing his business. He wasn't, he wasn't moving. So it's like, that, you know, that's, that's the double whammy for Laurel. Yeah. Jesus, he's here. He's available. He, he told L. McPherson, no. What's happening there? She's, she's curious. Yeah. And obviously we're going to learn more about Rachel. This was not the only time. We're going to learn about. Rachel. I had forgotten about this completely. I had no idea about Rachel. I, I just didn't know. Um, anyway, we are. Whew, it's getting hot. In here. Wow. <laughs> I think I need to go cool off, man. Uh, so let's take a little break. We will be back after these messages. I'm Scott Patterson. This is I am all in podcast with iHeartRadio. We'll be back after these messages. Shout out to AstroPro for sponsoring this episode and providing free samples. It's springtime and that means allergies. Mine have been throwing me off and I need something that works fast. That's where AstroPro comes in. It's the first of its kind nasal allergy spray. And it is the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter spray you can get. It starts working in 30 minutes while other allergy sprays take hours. Plus, it is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. AstroPro delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny, and itchy nose, and sneezing. So if you suffer from allergies like I do, get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with AstroPro. Go to AstroProAllergy.com for a discount so you can AstroPro and go today. Visit A-S-T-E-P-R-O-Allergy.com. Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Ah, uh, summer, the best time of the year, usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. And vacation disappears quicker than ice cream melts. But what if summer doesn't have to come with a scorching price tag? What if there's another way? With IKEA, your plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. Here, everyone can have lounge chair access, no reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, we have all the essentials you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Dreamy getaways can mean the perfect reading nook right outside your window, picnic in the shade, or taking your morning coffee to meet the morning sun. Really, any meal tastes better outside. Create that summer escape for family and friends and start planning a better, more affordable summer right now. You can be the host with the most and the least worries. This summer, make your doorstep the perfect vacation destination with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. 
We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Okay, everybody, we're back. I'm Scott Patterson. This is the I Am All In podcast with iHeartRadio. We are talking concert interruptus, and I think we're going to get into the bangles. What's what's going on with the bangles concert, huh? Riley, Danielle, uh, you know, what's going on with that? What what How did this come about? Did you know who the bangles were? I know them for Manic Monday. And I know them from Eternal Flame. Oh, Eternal Flame. So you knew them. Okay. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't say it's in sync to me, but they're <laughs> they're pretty they're pretty awesome. They yeah, they had a string of hits and they were yeah. un, uh, unique in that it was an all-girl band when there weren't very many all-girl bands, but all-girl bands were starting to Yeah, it was like the Bengals and the Go-Go's. Yeah. And there were some really great female acts that were they're just great songwriting, you know, Joan Jett, it wasn't an all-female band, but there were, you know, there were some prominent women that were just rocking the rock scene at that time so yeah the bangles were great Susanna Hoffs great songwriter great singer great songs really great songs and that was cool it was like cool that they went to that concert yeah yeah they went to a concert they went to a rock concert I guess I guess uh I guess uh, uh Amy is a, a fan of the bangles and wanted them on the show and maybe it was a way to get the uh, uh lower Lower rates on yeah, usage. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like pretty smart. You put them in. You know? Um, but yeah, that was fun stuff. And I thought they did, you know, they had an appropriate amount of extras and it looked like a real audience and a real concert. And it was, it was totally. kind of cool. Because those things are hard to pull off. I mean, concert stuff is hard to do. And they always look fake and it always looks, you know, cheesy and bad. But Cheesy. Uh, yeah, it can look really cheesy right and they had just the right amount where like you knew you were at the concert you heard the songs you saw them performing but then it didn't ruin like the content of the episode right like you still were like oh there's a lot going on right during this concert and plus even the dialogue going back and forth between uh, the intimate little important dialogue going on between rory and paris toward the end of that concert scene uh the music was still kind of jamming you know it didn't get you out of rhythm it's like Everything stayed in rhythm. The music with the dialogue with the with the emotional life of the scene. It was it was really wonderful. Good stuff. Difficult to put together, but they did a beautiful job. All right. I mean, what else? What do we think from this whole episode? I would call this Rory Rising. Mm-hmm. That's how I would not say it's con- concert interruptus. I would say it's Rory Rising. Mm-hmm. But in the in the right way, in an organic, positive way. Like let we can be friends for life if you come on my path mm-hmm. and stop judging me for my my tiny house in Stars Hollow. It's a half an hour away from Hartford and rummage sale bags everywhere. Don't judge yeah. me. We are quality people with big mm-hmm. hearts and we have big futures as a result. So Rory rising and Lorelei doing some nice heavy lifting. So I know you said that this is like Rory rising, but For me, this episode was all about Paris for me. Like there was, you learn so much about her. She's like an onion. Once you think you know her, she surprises you with something else. Um, You know, you think she's the mean girl from school, but then you really get to see why she's so mean and what's like missing from her life. And the one thing that I thought was really interesting is Rory was like, why do you like Tristan? He's so rude. And she was like, he's been through some stuff. And I, mm-hmm. I, you now see that that's the correlation as to why she likes Tristan, because he has a troubled upbringing like she does. So she relates to him and, and likes that about him. So I'm just seeing more layers to Paris that I really, really enjoy. Mm-hmm. So yeah. for me, this episode was all about her. Mm-hmm. Turning point. I think it was a turning point for Rory and Paris. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I, I think it's the cracks before the breakthroughs on a lot of things. I think it's the cracks or the breakthrough for their friendship for Rory and Paris. I think it's the crack that Lorelai has that jealousy for Luke. So maybe that will push her forward. I think it's a lot before the breakthrough. Mm, interesting. Yes, correct. Yeah. Good observation. We also have to talk about Lorelai's cowboy hat, the green <laughs> cowboy hat and the, the sweater. 
there like that sweater had so much bedazzle going on. That was on. the one that Luke was so upset about. And it really wasn't even that great of a sweatshirt, but man, and you were mad. I, is that the maddest we've seen Luke? No, no. When I, I when when they were talking, when Suki was and Laurel I were at the counter talking about Max Medina and oh that he's so dreamy, this kind of thing. And she and the Suki came behind the uh, the counter, he flipped. I don't think he's ever popped at anybody in the show like that. Maybe maybe Taylor once in a while, but no. Oh he, yeah, you do get pretty mad at Taylor. Yeah, but I, I but that was just wow. Yeah. Anyway. So Luke has two ticking points, the sweater and Max Medina. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's like Luke can get pissed. Yeah. Feisty? How, how would you describe it? Like, how do you describe sort of that reaction to the sweatshirt? It just hurts. And he's mm-hmm. confused. He doesn't know why she's wearing it. Mm-hmm. He, think, he probably thinks that she knows about Rachel, and she's just wearing it to provoke him, and he can't understand why. He's not really thought it out, but he's just reacting. You tried to get rid of it, though. You tried. You tried to get rid of it because you put it in the rummage sale stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, did oh right, but why is she wearing it? Right, she took. And it. why did he take it back? <laughs> I don't understand why he took it back. Because she offered it, and she was being really cool with him. You know, and he wasn't ready to let it go. He tried. This is my take he on tried. that. Yeah. Luke tried to mm-hmm. sort of get rid of it, like we all do, to sort of erase that memory of that person that we love, and then it shows up in his face. He's all hurt, which is a great way to describe it. And then he's, he realizes, like, I'm just putting this back in the closet. I'm not ready. So Lorelai is in, you know, in sync with him enough to realize that he's not ready to move on. Mm-hmm. And that that's not going to help him move on. That he should keep it. Because the only thing that's going to help him move on is some Lorelai. <laughs> right? So that empowered her. The same way that Rory empowers Paris to get out of her thickets, her jungle, her emotional prison, her dungeon. You know, interesting episode. Really, really, really interesting mm-hmm. stuff. And little fun fact before we do all the pop culture: mm-hmm. Did you know Prince wrote Manic Monday? I heard that. Yes. Now, now that you say that, I, I, I did. Yeah. You know, I go through the same process where I'll write a song and I know it's not right for me, you know, mm-hmm. to, to, to perform. It's just, it's for somebody else. Um, I'm going to have and, to dig around on the internet and find Prince performing it somewhere. Oh, yeah. I, th- I think a lot, a lot of these, a lot of these people break through with their own uh, careers after writing s- songs for other people for a long time. You know, they're just good at it. They're just great songwriters. And they're lucky enough to have other artists do their stuff. What's your favorite Bangles song, Scott? Oh, God. Um, I'm, I'm not terribly well-versed in Bangles. Probably Walk Like an Egyptian because it was their biggest hit. And it's the thing I heard constantly on the radio. <laughs> I love Manic Monday and hate Walk Like an Egyptian. But, but Walk Like an Egyptian was such a huge song that people, yeah. I mean, even me, we were imitating that sort of hieroglyphic Egyptian walk, mm-hmm. which is so <laughs> stupid. It's so silly, but it made people do it. And every, when that song came on, people would get on the freaking dance floor, you know, at the Ramada Inn or the Marriott. And they'd like, they'd start doing the hieroglyphic Egyptian dance at these. Like when the that vases. thing came on at a wedding. Oh at a wedding, everyone's like, It's yeah. hysterical. I mean, imagine Awful. how, I mean, I, I, I bet you Susanna Hoffs was just, just laughing her butt off <laughs> over the reaction of this song, <laughs> Walk Like an Egyptian. Oh, my God. I mean, I think, I think Steve Martin used to do a... a <gasps> he did King Tut. He, you know, <laughs> he did King Tut. <laughs> and while you're all Googling John Hamm eggplant, I highly recommend Googling King Tut, Steve Oh, God, Martin. the Steve Martin King, King Tut was hysterical. Oh, and God. every young person is right now Googling. Elmer oh, Pearson. no. Steve Martin's King Tut video or, or at least oh he, God, I think he, I, I think he performed it on Saturday Night Live. He did. And then he took it on tour. So when he did a stand up in the 70s, did he really he took that on yeah. tour. He dressed like the uh-huh. Pharaoh and came out there and, and yeah, danced in the song. That was like part of his act. <laughs> oh, 
How crazy do you have to be to do that? I mean, what a brilliant. Yeah, you can download King Tut on iTunes. Oh, God. Do I'm, do, I'm doing it right after we get off here. I got to see this. Because I, I remember, <laughs> I think I saw it on Saturday Night Live, and I'm like, this is just yeah. brilliantly funny. Riley, Danielle, do you have any idea what we're talking about? I'm utterly confused. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. <laughs> can you please, please look up King Tut, Steve Martin? Like, oh, no. Is, is Steve Martin just the guy from Father of the Bride to you? Yeah, or oh, cheaper no. by the dozen. No, he, he he you know, he appeared on Johnny Carson and cracked Johnny Carson up. And then he started appearing on Saturday Night Live, hosting Saturday Night Live because he he became his stand-up act was filling arenas. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, he was going around the world filling arenas with his stand-up act. He was he was the most sought-after comedian in the world. And then he, you know, parlayed that obviously into a film career. And then and then uh, Martin Martin did a film called called the jerk which is it's the funniest <laughs> oh, thing yeah. you will ever see with the opti grab the opti grab and the guy actually paid him his royalties it's like it's like such a fantasy ah uh, summer the best time of the year usually it doesn't come with a great deal soaring temperatures come with soaring prices and vacation disappears quicker than ice cream melts but what if summer doesn't have to come with a scorching price tag what if there's another way with ikea your plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. Here, everyone can have lounge chair access, no reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, we have all the essentials you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Dreamy getaways can mean the perfect reading nook right outside your window, picnic in the shade, or taking your morning coffee to meet the morning sun. Really, any meal tastes better outside. Create that summer escape for family and friends and start planning a better, more affordable summer right now. You can be the host with the most and the least worries. This summer, make your doorstep the perfect vacation destination with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to fifteen hundred dollars again sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and game sense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park that's 1-800-GAMBLER There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Riley, this seems like the perfect moment for you to do your thing. Yeah, let's jump into pop culture. Let's do it. So, so the first one we have, Luke brings over his rummage sale items and Lorelai says, here, Grinch. The Grinch is based on the book by Dr. Seuss and has been recreated many times. The most notable version features Jim Carrey as the Grinch. The first round of makeup for the Grinch took eight and a half hours. The original Grinch was actually not green. He was black and white and had pink eyes. And the actor, actors and extras who played the Who's in Whoville had to go to Who School. I don't think Luke is grinchy. Grumpy, maybe, but not grinchy. 
I beg to differ. He doesn't put up any of the decorations for any of the holidays oh, wait a minute. Whoa, or anything. Whoa, whoa, Danielle, whoa, watch your step there. Watch it. Watch it. He's a generous, big-hearted guy who goes out of his way for the people he loves. Give me a yes. small break. Santa Burger and Rory's birthday with the special coffee cake and the balloons. Come on. He's not Grinchy. Grinchy. Right. That is not a. Curmudgeony? What word would you use? Curmudgeony? I, no, I would just say he's uh, he's a little. He's. He, I'll, I'll give you the word. He's a little intense at times. Caustic? No. <laughs> Don't use these words. These words have power. Give he's, us the word. He's a little intense at times. Intense. That's it. Let's just let's stop with the fine. Moving here to four, Thank we will you. just say intense. A, no, a little intense at times. That's it. <laughs> There's no curmudgeonly. He's not grinchy. He's not caustic. All of these 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 words, these words that don't do not apply to him. A little is intense he this? at times. Is he, is, is he, he this? what? Is he what? You know, maybe sometime <laughs> we could. It doesn't even sound like you. <laughs> you know, maybe sometimes. <laughs> How do we describe Luke? A little intense at times. Let's hear it again. You know, maybe sometime we could. <laughs> I love it. It sounds like he's begging. He's scared. What's so weird is when you watch the scene, it's mm -hmm. perfect. Right. But when you isolate just right. that audio. You take it out of context, it sounds like he's begging. And he's not. It was the perfect moment. He dropped it into perfect yeah. time. Listen, if he if he can if he can get a Rachel, you know, he's he's got a couple of moves. He's got some moves. He's a little intense at times, but but <laughs> all right, Riley. Sorry, we got sidetracked. <laughs> It was the perfect sidetrack. And I have to say, Luke's heart grows two sizes bigger every time. <laughs> Luis says, so how good of a kisser is Paul Bunyan anyway? And this is in reference to how tall Dean is. Paul Bunyan is a giant lumberjack and folk hero in American and Canadian folklore. When he was a baby, he was so big it took five storks to carry him to his home and the Grand Canyon was formed when Paul dug his axe behind him while walking, according to all the folklore. Paris says, So unless you want to sit on no furniture while watching three Harvey Firestein impersonators rip up the carpet and paint everything a ridiculous shade of white and call it Angel's Kiss, then we're going to have to find somewhere at somebody else's house to go to. I, I didn't quite get that. Uh, carpet installers that are like Harvey Firestein? What, what, was, what the heck was that supposed to mean? Harvey Firestein is the furthest thing away from a carpet installer. So t explain, just sorry, I'm, I'm struggling with this one, so please explain this. Let's hear the line again. Paris says, so unless you want to sit on no furniture while watching three Harvey Firestein impersonators rip up the carpet and paint everything a ridiculous shade of white and call it Angel's Kiss, and we're going to find, have to find somebody else's house to go to. So I'm going with... Paris's parents are getting divorced. Mm -hmm. So the mom is getting rid of everything and redecorating and they're flamboyant designers. Oh, they're not, but everything. they're not rip, ripping up the car. Oh, they're ordering the mm -hmm. workers to rip up the car. Gotcha. So she, so the mother is surrounded by fabulous artistic yep. Harvey Firestein types giving yep. orders to workers. Got it. That's what I think. Okay. No, that makes sense. That's the image. Give it one more time, Riley, just for everybody listening. So unless you want to sit on no furniture while watching three Harvey Firestein impersonators rip up the carpet and paint everything a ridiculous shade of white and call it Angel's Kiss, then we're yep. going to have to find somebody else's house to go to. They're the designers. She's got three designers in the house. So just add, add some dialogue there. Make it more specific. Three Harvey Firestein impersonators ordering... They're underlings to rip up the carpet. Then then I wouldn't have had a question. I would have been confused. I still don't think so. I think it's three designers are tearing up the whole house. Right. We're going to have to take this to the uh, social media to find out. Can I, I can lodge it. an official complaint. <laughs> right. Let's see. Just because you're a little intense sometimes. <laughs> don't. <laughs> so 
So a little bit about Harvey Firestein. He uh-huh. is best known for his theater work in Torch Song Trilogy and Hairspray and movie roles in, his, in hits such as Mrs. Doubtfire Independence Day. Harvey voiced the character of Yao in Mulan, and he is said to have one of the most iconic voices in Hollywood due to its raspiness. Rory says, double, double toil and trouble when she's walking up with Lane up to Mrs. Kim's. And this quote is referenced to Shakespeare's Macbeth, but can also be recognized as the 1993 TV Halloween film featuring Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen. The witches reciting this are saying that twice, meaning double, the amount of trouble will now be brought upon Macbeth. By the time this movie came out, Mary-Kate and Ashley had been acting since they were eight months old. Wait a minute. How do you take direction from a director at eight months old? You're not aware that you're acting, so... Babies don't act. They just are. Those Olsen twins nailed it on Full House. But it's like they weren't nailing it. They were just like being babies and the camera was on them. (laughs) They weren't aware that they were embodying a character, you know. Well, then whoever captured those moments deserves the credit. You can't you can't take credit from a baby and say (laughs) that you wrote this brilliant role for a baby. (laughs) Babies don't memorized dialogue they don't you know anyway go ahead Riley. sorry i just another official complaint i am lodging with the academy he's just a little intense sometimes <laughs> he's just a little intense sometimes no they appeared in film and television since they were eight you could say that i you know i i started out uh doing voice commercial voiceover work when i was five years old because that's the truth with Haberset sausage and scrapple in the Philadelphia is this real? area. It's a true is story. This, please, please tell us what the sausage commercial was. Oh, I, I can't. I, we just, you know, my sister and I, we oh were, you know, God, she was a year old. Does anyone have it on like a VHS? My dad somewhere? was an v- advertising guy, and his buddy that lived in the, down the street uh, had the Haberset sausage and scrapple account. <laughs> And he asked my dad if if my sister and myself would please, because I guess we had cute little voices and at five and she was six and and uh, we we did it in his basement. Did you get a couple bucks for that sausage or? I certainly didn't. I think my dad probably <laughs> banked it and you know bought himself a new pair of golf clubs or something. I don't know. Oh, I, mean, I never the saw start that, of your career. Yes. Rory says. The one on your head, Annie Oakley, commenting on Lorelai's leopard, not sure if purchased, hat from the rummage sale. <laughs> Annie Oakley was an American sharpshooter who starred in Buffalo Bill's Wild West show. Oakley developed hunting skills as a child to provide for her family in Western Ohio. She actually outgunned professional sharpshooter Frank Butler and then married him a Come year later. Come on. She outgunned Frank? Butler? <laughs> Good old really? Frank. Mm-hmm. Come on. I don't believe that. My God. I love the leopard. There's a lot of animal print in Gilmore Girls, and I am here for it. <laughs> Rory says, this stuff is like Tribbles, when she's trying to pull Suki out of the rummage sale items. Tribbles are a fictional alien species in the Star, Star Trek universe. We first see the Tribbles in the episode, The Trouble with Tribbles. These small, plush alien be- beings were merely sewn up pouches of synthetic fur stuffed with foam rubber. There were so many tribbles on set, it took about two weeks to get all the tribbles off the set. I love that episode. Also worth going on to the YouTube and watching. Louise says, are you two still Joni Loves Chachi? When asking about Dean. Didn't watch it. <gasps> I mean, I knew. What about it was, Happy Days? Yeah, no, Happy Days, everybody watched Happy Days, but then. They gave that girl her own show, right? <laughs> yes. Joni loves Chachi. And then they hire S- Scott Bayo, right? Exactly. I know Aaron that Moran. much, but I never watched it. No one did. That's why it got canceled after like five episodes. But so, so, okay. Joni loves Chachi really started on Happy Days because yeah. Chachi was like the young cousin of the Fonz and he always had the crush on Joni and she was just like, no, 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 kid. And then all of a sudden, Scott Bayo turned hot and Joni was into it oh so he was like the uh he was like the jess he was a little jess like that's actually not a terrible comparison except that because luke is kind of like the fawns like chachi was sort of the young yeah he was he was too young at first for her yeah 
So I'm playing pro ball at that time. Can you imagine, like, on the team bus? Guys, did you see the latest uh, latest episode of Joni and Ch- Loves Chachi? It was amazing. Next pop culture. Paris says, and before it's dark, they'll have every picnic basket that's in Jellystone Park. This is a lyric to the 1958 TV series theme song for Yogi Bear. Mm-hmm. Since his creation in 1958, Yogi has appeared in over 20 TV shows and movies. So the full lyric is, he will sleep to n- till noon, and before it's dark, they'll have every picnic basket that's in Jellystone Park. Mm-hmm. So this is Paris making a reference to say that Luis and Madeline will, ha- will get the boys behind them at the concert before the concert's over. The boys were the picnic baskets. What was that? What was that cartoon from? Was that uh, the Jellystone Park? What was that? Yogi Bear. Yeah, Yogi Bear was, you know, the probably the first cartoon I ever saw besides, uh, you know, the Looney Tunes stuff. You know, back then it was all the Jetsons. It was, it was, it was Yogi Bear. Yeah. Lorelai. So she was Wonder Woman when we were talking about Rachel. So we've we've covered this a little bit, but we've talked about Wonder Woman. We need to talk about Wonder Woman a little bit more. So, in the 70s version, Lyle Wagner starred as Steve Trevor and is also known to be the creator of the Star Wagon. The trailers that the little studio lots and sets for actors and actresses to do their makeup, wardrobe, and more. Mm-hmm. Scott, did you have a Star Wagon? Yeah, everybody does. That's what everybody uses. Scott, tell us about mm. your trailer on Gilmore Girls. Like, just tell us about it. That would be something I'd like to know. So, okay, so there's different sizes of trailers, and that kind of lets you know where you are in the business on any particular show. So I started off with a half a trailer. They call it a double banger. So there's two. And they're nice, uh, and they have uh, sinks, and they have um, TVs, and they've got a couch. and uh, But they're, you know, they're tight. For you know, I'm I'm you know most actors are are kind of small, and I'm you know I'm six one and you know I need a little more space. So after season three, I wanted to get a bigger trailer, so I negotiated for a bigger trailer. So I got a whole full trailer. So they have, it's not like they have bedrooms in them, but they have, uh, you know, they have couches, and you can, I think you can pull out the couch and sleep on it. But I ju- I would just sleep on the couch because the couch is really comfortable. Um, and they have little kitchens, and they have little toilet. Uh, Oh, well, sure. They have showers, too. Yeah. Shower? I didn't yep, know. They have a shower. Who was your trailer next to? Um, God, who was it next to? Um, well, I okay, so I my trailer was right across from Lauren's and Alexis's. I mean, I, I could open my door and say, howdy, neighbor, what's up? You know, and their, their door was right there. So our doors, when I opened my door up, they almost hit. So when oh. we'd come, when we'd all come out at the same time, we'd almost like fall down the the stairs together <laughs> of our trailers because our doors hit. <laughs> you know, real estate over there is very uh, coveted, so uh, there's not a lot of space for trailers, and um, so they want to try to keep the trailers as small as possible. But, but you know, when you see these like humongous trailers that are not even star wagons, they're like they look like they're from Europe and they're huge. Simon Cowell. I mean, the, when you know that there are movie stars, like like on the set, like when Ocean's Will Eleven, Smith. yes, yes. So those levels trailers, that's a whole <laughs> different experience. Those are like small homes. So right? does no one have a dressing room, like what we would call a dressing room, like in the no. inside? Everybody has a trailer. No, I think in sitcoms they do that because then they have the dressing rooms on the soundstage. Yeah. And that's kind of how they do it. Uh, yeah. But I think they're going, I, I mean, some have trailers, but I'll tell you, when they were doing Ocean, Ocean's Elevens and they were setting up Clooney and Pacino and, and, and Brad Pitt's trailers right across the street from my trailer, those trailers were at least double the size of mine. And they were a different color and they had better quality glass. And it was just like, what? It's those guys. And those guys have bedrooms and those things. Those are, those are huge. But having a full star wagon is a good thing. It means you're a series regular. And Chris Pine plays Lyle Wagner's character, Steve Trevor, in the 2020 film of Wonder Woman. And we have a pop culture reference for Star Trek as well, which Chris Pine also starred in. Wow, Riley. Mm. Wow. Mm. Bringing it today. Look at you. And Riley, what's your favorite line? My favorite line is from Mrs. Kim. She says, not new. Nothing's new. Whole store is old. Danielle. 
My favorite is, okay, let's go make our noses bleed at the concert. Okay. Amy? Mine's a bit long. Hey, was Rachel pretty? What? I'm just curious. Was she pretty? She was pretty. Like, what kind of pretty? What do you mean, what kind of pretty? I mean, like, was she a Catherine Zeta-Jones kind of pretty or Michelle Pfeiffer-y pretty or... She was an Elle McPherson kind of pretty. Really? Yep. That's an intense kind of pretty. (laughs) Hey, Amy, have you heard the expression, brevity is the soul of wit? Have you heard that one? I also liked when Paris, and I'm paraphrasing, when Paris said, it was the best night of my life. (laughs) All right, can can we stop screwing around here and get to the actual best line of the episode, which I am about to... And let me let me see if I can get this right. Uh, she what did she say? Okay, so when Lorelai was and and Suki were hunting the uh, New York apartment building around the corner from the uh, concert hall, uh, and they were knocking on doors, there was a there was a woman who opened the door, who said, uh, "What did she say?" Two lines, and it just was the funniest <laughs> thing. She says, uh, "I don't talk to anyone. People annoy me." Slam. <laughs> that was that was that gold. Was good. That was gold. For me, thank you. The required reading for this show, we have Macbeth, Act 4, Scene 1. And this is when Rory quotes the double, double toil and trouble. And then we have Something Wicked, This Way Comes by Ray Bradbury. What's next week? What are we watching? Yeah, what is next week? You know, maybe sometime we could. <laughs> I'll That's never go away. <laughs> What's like me trying to find the, the accent for the character? Maybe sometime we can. <laughs> Didn't quite stick, did it? <laughs> What's episode fourteen? The damn Donna Reed. Oh yeah. yeah. Wow, what is it? That has big meaning for you? Yeah, because I know I know something that's coming very soon, and I am excited. Mm. You're not gonna tell very us. Very excited. No. <laughs> No, because you need to watch because you I, I don't want to ruin, ruin it. I want to hear your Let honest t- reaction. If, if, if anybody listening right now and everybody listening doesn't think that this is like totally legit, you're wrong because they don't tell me anything, man. I got to watch. I got to earn the knowledge by watching the episodes and I haven't seen the episodes. Yeah, I will admit I snuck ahead the next two because of something major coming. Mm-hmm. And uh, I will tell you soon. <laughs> if you are worthy <laughs> if you do your prescribed work man it's tough he's just a little intense sometimes just sometimes um, just he's a little intense at times not sometimes <laughs> at times well, at times pardon me pardon me he's he's a little intense infrequently once in a blue moon uh, yeah once in a blue moon <laughs> Yeah. All right, guys, that was fun. Concert interrupt us. Wow. 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 Uh, This was, uh, this was telling in so many ways. And this really pushes the story forward. These story, these narratives and these storylines forward in, in, in really, really interesting, entertaining and humorous ways. Um, What a show. What a show. Um, Anyway, that's it. Uh, Thanks for downloading everybody. The best fans on planet earth and maybe even beyond because y'all are out of this world thank you very much i am scott patterson and this is the i am all in podcast with iHeartRadio. radio we'll see you next time Don't forget, follow us on Instagram at I am all in podcast and email us at Gilmore at iHeartRadio.com. Oh, you Gilmore fans, if you're looking for the best cup of coffee in the world, go to my website for my company, ScottyP.com, S-C-O-T-T-Y-P.com, ScottyP.com, grade one specialty coffee. Ah, summer. 
the best time of the year usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there was another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. At IKEA, everyone can have lounge chair access. No reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, they have all of the essentials that you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. 